These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. She's not a great match for me, and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. Dad came upstairs, and then I heard him say, like, it's happened. And I was like, what's happened? It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And then she was like, can you tell me a bit about what's going on? So I told her everything and her face dropped. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to Mike's Open Journal and to episode 105. Oh, I still can't believe we've just had the Mental Health Blog Awards. It was absolutely amazing last weekend or a couple of days ago. Uh, and to hear a little bit more from the Mental Health Blog Awards, you can always listen to episode 104, uh, which is a recording of the awards part of the event. Well, it wasn't just about the awards. Um, I didn't want to record myself just wandering around and chatting to people. Maybe I should have. Maybe I could have. Maybe next time. But this episode is something quite different and something very exciting. Uh, more and more recently, I've become aware of kind of different ways that the arts in particular have been drawing attention to mental health and using uh, kind of, I don't know what the difference is now, but performance art and traditional art, like art art, art art, <laughs> um, as a way to kind of promote conversation around mental health and uh, engage in not just awareness campaigns but actual storytelling as well um, which has been really really cool so I was delighted actually to be contacted um, I think maybe a month or two ago now uh, by Ramon talking about uh, a show that he had been part of and put together um, and this production is going to be happening at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and um it was a really interesting opportunity to talk and have a chat about this performance before it happens and um, just find out a little bit more about something that sounded really, really interesting. So uh, I don't, I, it's that weird bit where I sort of introduce it. I want to tell you a bit about it, but I don't want to tell you so much because then you wouldn't need to listen to the rest of the episode. But it was really cool to sit down um, and have a conversation about um, the the performance, which looks particularly um i think at the kind of the masks that we wear and the difference between our public and private lives and um being compassionate about those kind of our hidden selves that that we don't show to people and i think particularly uh, i think the performance kind of touches and talks upon um the importance of being aware of topics like suicide and self-harm and 
for me that's a really important thing to kind of flag up in terms of obviously this podcast we do talk a little bit um about suicide uh so if you feel like this episode might not be for you it might be a little bit difficult to listen to there's plenty of other episodes please go definitely go and listen to the uh the blog awards episode the previous one um but yeah for me it was awesome to sit down and talk about again something that is still seen as taboo um and i'm delighted to see a an arts um performance focusing in on mental health and in particular um awareness around suicide those of you that follow the the blog and the podcast will know um i've previously been involved with the stop suicide campaign with cpsl mind um so it's something that i definitely definitely um encourage in terms of talking about helping people be more aware of some of the feelings and the emotions that people struggle with and the different support services that are available as well uh through the episode we also talk about um kind of the background the research that was done going into this performance and all of the different thoughts and uh experiences that have been used to back up to make sure that this performance is as amazing as it can be but also is reflective of true life kind of scenarios uh, and things that have happened so please do listen in enjoy it listen to ramon talk about the awesome stuff that's going on with those guys if you're able to get up to the edinburgh fringe definitely go along definitely see them i don't think i'm going to be able to make edinburgh um but towards the end of the episode, we get an idea that possibly, 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 hopefully, this is going to, um, this performance will be shown in places other than Edinburgh, let's say that. Um, so I'm crossing my fingers and my toes that I do get to see this performance because it sounds amazing. The whole um, the whole thing that goes on around the performance sounds really cool as well. So definitely listening for some of that stuff in there as well. Massive thank you to Ramon for coming on to the podcast and for sharing with me this awesome project campaign performance um that he and the team are involved with and a huge thank you to them for putting on this uh performance and a massive thank you to you guys for continuing to tune into the podcast as always if you want to get more involved please go over to twitter facebook instagram the website there's lots of different places all of the links are in the description but as always everything's at mikesopenjournal.com thank you very much for listening and here's the conversation in terms of mental health just like sitting down and asking someone like how's your day been is quite a nice way to kind of kick off the conversation i think so i'm just going to ask you how your day's been so my day has been really good. Lately, I've been really busy producing the show to go to Edinburgh Fringe, and I haven't had much time to think about how do I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, especially with but, the hot weather as well. Like it's going to be a lot of a lot of. Oh, I don't know. Maybe you're used to the hot weather though. I I my productivity is really low at the moment. Oh really? Yeah, I'm. I'm not. Uh, yeah, I struggle with continuous days of heat. It's not it's not for me. One or two days is fine, but this is a bit much. I mean, lately the weather has been helping me a lot. I, I have such a great energy when the weather is like so hot like this, like it is now. Uh, I wake up with really early and I just want to do things and enjoy the day. Oh, yeah. 
That's cool. I like hearing the positive side of the good weather. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It'd be interesting to hear. Obviously, we're going to sit down and have a talk about um, off stage and some of the stuff that's gone on around that. It'd be really interesting to hear kind of how that's got started and a bit about your story and, and who you are as well. Totally. Yeah. That's great. Um, so off stage start uh, a year and a half ago. The idea of like. Aglo and I, we are both directors from the performance. Mm. We we had like the urge to talk about loneliness, and it was a subject that was too open. So we were trying to narrow it down to create a performance, and then we were researching and researching about the subject, and we find out in a recent report from Samaritan that man and woman under 25. Uh, suicide is the biggest killer of man and woman under 10 to 35 in the UK. Mm-hmm. And we got like completely shocked about it and also intrigued because somehow it got really got our attention. We and, and we were like, uh, let's maybe that's what we want to talk about it. But also we knew that the subject is quite delicate. So we looked for help. That's when I met the professor, David Moss, Mm -hmm. who lately introduced me to Papyrus and LAS, the two charities that we worked with, we collaborate with together. So after we start this, a bit more deep research, talking to people, asking for help. We start to chat about that with friends mm-hmm. and really good friends of ours who we have like great conversations, very open about personal things and they never mention anything about suicide. After we start to research about it, we mentioned to them and they were like, Actually, I've contemplated suicide and they just opened about it completely and they were like, and they feel really good to talk about it and relief to talk about it. Usually I don't talk about it because people has a stigma. Mm. And But now that you were guys are research, I can see that you are a bit more sensitive with the subject. And so that was when Agri and I said, okay, so that's it. Let's talk about it. Then we were like really touched by the subject and... Yeah, the subject is really close to our heart in that sense. And then we decide to do, create the performance by having a chat with people who have been affected by suicide. So the LAS, which stands for laughter, uh, life after suicide, and papyrus, which stands for prevention of young suicide. So they they collect a group of people who have been affected by suicide and we had like personal things which really helped to enrich the the performance and the material. So we, we collect all those information from the chat and then we went to a studio with all the artistic team and then we started to create the performance. And uh, 
after we create some materials from those from those testimonies from oh. that chat we we made some material and then we invite them back to come to see the performance okay okay this okay. beginning and they were like yeah that's great that's the direction that's supposed to go there were some bits that they were like mm, we really like but maybe it's a little bit too much for someone who have been affected by suicide to watch it so we really work carefully about considering that someone from the audience could be affected by suicide and so we couldn't go too far mm. with the reference i think that's really interesting to have that side of um not just uh like one or two people's input to it but actually having that um through working with those charities having a number of people feed in with different types of experience of suicide as well really makes it like you say actually in terms of uh it not just being like a piece of research you're not just making a report like you're you're it's a performance piece to to show to people and actually making sure that it is something that isn't too kind of triggering or um, exactly. Yeah. Hitting the wrong cause and actually kind of keeping in mind actually what what's the purpose of this? If it is that people are a little bit more aware or a little bit more sensitive or exactly. feel that there is a bit more awareness around the support available, actually, do we need to be that um, I don't know graphic or detailed about certain aspects? No, um, but we do need to make sure that people recognise the seriousness and the struggles that people do go through exactly that's that's exactly mm -hmm. our point uh yeah we yeah we were really careful like i think the biggest challenge was that point that you just mentioned mm -hmm. that was the biggest challenge for us in the rehearsal space like we want to treat the subject sensitively and with the respect it deserves and at the same time to be artistically not only we didn't want to make a lecture for mm -hmm. example we want to really make a piece of art with that i think overall i think we managed to create a piece that is sensitive sometimes even humorous humorous and also thought-provoking and yeah i think we managed to get there with this yeah and i think there are sides too i've sat and spoken to people that have um, struggled as I have with with those thoughts of kind of self harm and, and suicide and where that would go and actually you, you, it's it's really nice to hear in terms of that like that humor side because there is a real dark humor to some of those struggles around suicide when you're sat there and you can openly talk to someone and um, I remember um, talking to someone previously and we were like oh these are the things we've struggled with and these are some of the things maybe that have kind of helped us feel like that's not what we want to do and um i remember talking about uh being in the shower no not being in the shower, being in the bath and going I just i i don't i don't want this and i'm um, thinking I, i'm not there's no way that i'm checking out in the bath i'm, I'm not being found naked <laughs> and it's having, sometimes it's having that light-hearted side to it yeah. that makes people feel more comfortable about talking about that and actually the real thoughts that people do sometimes have um 
and it's yeah it's opening up that conversation again it's not necessarily for everyone Mm-hmm. Um, but it is about kind of providing that space that people feel, you know, I feel more comfortable to talk about that particular struggle or situation. And, and I think again, by hearing about the work that you've done with the charities, it's again, it's not a couple of guys coming forward and saying, this is really good stuff. Actually, mm-hmm. we're, we're able to link directly into the charities that are doing work to help prevent and support people in these situations as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, like the humorous side and the thought-provoking side, I think helps a lot to break uh, to break the barrier mm. with the others. We we go over the taboo suicide and we break the stigma. It's easily to communicate with the audience when we approach in that way. Also, the sh- the show has low. There are many layers, and you can read in different ways mm. as. I'm sure you know there is a vast number of artists, actors, comedians who took their own life. Mm. And so the show, it's about two performers and we have a stage as a set. So on the stage, everything is beautiful, shiny, fun. And then backstage is the real struggle. So when you watch the performance, you can see that maybe we are just recognizing performers who have died to suicide. Or also you could see that on stage and backstage is a metaphor for public and private life. There are so many people who wear a mask to... Mm socialize and then they take off the mask when they are feeling comfortable backstage and so we we play in different layers so there are a lot of space for people to read it's not something cliche we didn't want completely the cliche mm. but you met professor david moss he said like the only thing that i don't want is the cliche someone getting a a gun and a glass of whisk and so we go far from that. It's a lot of fantasy in our show. It's about it's it's about this uh, light side and dark side of it. And during the process, we focus a lot in in the loneliness of those who suffer quiet, quiet and alone. So I think we were we were very sincere when we did our show. So we were like, since the subject is very close to our heart and we were really touched by people. So we, we went just to deliver that to an audience as well. I think that comes across. I know you sent me the, um, I don't know if it's a po- the, like the graphic for the poster with the guy opening up the shirt. So you can yeah. kind of see, yeah, see the it's backstage. A- and I really liked that sort of side because that graphic, particularly to me, almost like you've described, I wasn't necessarily thinking like the on stage and off stage. I was thinking like, because it was a shirt, like professional, like this is me at work. And then the like underneath the shirt is like what you're like inside or at home or whatever. And so, yeah, I really more connected with it on that side of, like you say, it's the different faces or the masks um, that we wear. And they they can be that, that professional side of I'm going to work now switch off like feelings and personal life or whatever and I think particularly um as men as well that is something that we really struggle with and there is that 
mm-hmm. idea that there's the the certain sort of um, stereotype that we hold ourselves to. And um, as you mentioned, I know with the the stats, I think it's yeah, it's under is it under thirty fives suicide being the big killers, biggest killer of all genders, but um, under forty five it being the biggest of all males and just having that that scope of all the way up to almost kind of middle age actually the the biggest danger to ourselves is ourselves mm-hmm. and that's a really hard thing to understand when there's so much and, and important um but so much work going into things like um cancer and physical health and fitness and like well actually the thing that a lot of people are struggling with and the thing that is taking the most lives um, is around mental health and where is the, the kind of the focus um, on that and I think that's really interesting where I see some amazing people coming through now and some amazing and really interesting and thought-provoking campaigns and uh, shows and activities and apps um, but it's all very much left to people like yourself with a motivation and a passion to drive forward that message of of mental health of awareness of support of services um, rather than that coming maybe from other places that might have greater power or money which I think is a bit of a shame but also says a lot for the people that are prepared to step up and say this is important and this is what I want to show and what I want to talk about and what I want to share with you yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's a very sad situation. Like it's still a stigma. It's still a taboo to talk about it. Actually, like usually when we talk about our work, uh, people don't know how to take it. Mm. When we say like ah, our show is about suicide, and people don't know yet how to take it. Uh, it's very sad. However, in the other side of the coin is like it's very nice when they don't know how to take. But then we talk to them in a way that we show another side of it. Yeah. So it's it's been very. We are very pleased with this when we we make it happen. Also, I thought it was really interesting actually earlier when you were talking about um, those conversations with friends as well, and actually because mm. you're involved in a, a project that is around suicide, suddenly they felt more. I don't know, more able or more comfortable to talk to you about that topic and about their own experiences. And Mm -hmm. again, it's that side of, um, I suppose, giving some people the confidence or the safety net to talk, but also feeling like the person that they talk to is going to listen as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It it has been a life change for us to be a part of this project because uh, we have been investing a lot on ourselves as well. So we did this assist training, which is like a suicide first aid. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's a suicide prevention course. So we do this training to be able to spot suicide behavior Mm. and also to assist people to get help and possibly even go over it and it's yeah so we have been like studying a lot and being a part of lots of things it's it's go it goes beyond the performance do you know what i mean uh, it's it's a beautiful action this assist training the suicide first aid mm. is a thing that 
I wish everyone could have in schools, for example. That would do help a lot to the society in general, yeah. Yeah, I think we're, we're starting to see slowly that growth of kind of the mental health training side and yeah. a bit more awareness, some of that coming into education and, and different courses being available, um, which I think is really important. And it's, it's a weird one because on one hand, I think um, those types of training are essential and then on the other hand, I'm like, oh, but the biggest thing is being able to listen and talk. And, and can't we all do that already? Yeah. Actually, do you need to go along to the training? And I think the training is really, for me, while there are cool tools and tips and signposting things, actually the training is just about giving people confidence. It's like you don't need to know everything. You can just talk to someone about how you are feeling and equally you can listen to someone about how they're feeling and I think it's I don't know some of the people that I've spoken to have been there's almost that real apprehensive nature to conversations about mental health because they feel like they need to know answers or they need to understand everything and I think well my view is that you, you don't like those things help sure you can have a conversation with someone without knowledge and without understanding. You can build that up through the conversation with that person. Yeah, exactly. And I truly believe that like anyone could help, like could do, could help a, a person not to suffer from suicide. Mm. For example, anyone could help. Like anyone is able to stop that and. Definitely. Hmm. And uh, sometimes it's just the case, as you said, it's sometimes just the case of listening. Some people doesn't have anyone to listen sometimes. It's really difficult, isn't it? Because I think if someone's struggling with their mental health and particularly thoughts around sort of self-harm and suicide, often I think from from my experience and those of the, the people I've spoken to, it's been you become very sort of mentally isolated. Um, but then you sort of, over time, you physically isolate yourself from people. So whether that's a case of not going along to um, like things with friends, not going along to work functions, potentially <laughs> struggling to work anyway. Um, and it's kind of one thing really feeding off another. And that's where I think the, the conversation, the potential for a conversation is being cut down. Um, but it's not stopping there being an opportunity. There'll always be an opportunity for someone to reach out, for someone to listen. Um, but hopefully through um, kind of awareness campaigns and shows like yours, yeah. it encourages people to have those conversations earlier before stuff starts to escalate. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there is like different cases. There are cases of a person who have been for hours in a tube station hmm. and no one spot that this person was for hours walking the same platform back and forward and then sadly this person could take their own life do you know what i mean hmm. so it's more about as well to be yeah totally aware of things and one of the other things i, I noticed is kind of touched on as well is um and you kind of picked it up with the people that you've spoken to is that sort of side of the people that are almost left behind, the people that are affected by um, the suicide. I don't know how much that kind of 
came into play with regards to obviously the show, but kind of the conversations that you've had as well. Could you could you repeat that? Um, so no, so you started to touch on um, those people that are affected by or um, are around those people that um, are unfortunately affected by suicide, but they're kind of still around afterwards, and how they are affected by that suicide as well. Yeah. So in in the in the performance, we don't show much the afterwards. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much. Okay, 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 okay. We'll <laughs> stop, we'll stop. I, I, can, I can say that there are two performers on and off stage. Mm-hmm. And there is one that struggles. Mm-hmm. And there is another one who struggles supporting this person. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's something and, that's important to kind of pick up as well. And so much... I think kind of touching on a similar thing to what we've mentioned already, uh, there's some really good work that goes into encouraging people to talk about their struggles. Yeah. Um, but it's about kind of empowering and supporting those people that are, we want to listen as well. And mm-hmm. um, the the listening side, I think, is something that really we need to do a little bit more around. And I, I think Samaritans are about to do a big campaign about listening and um that's a real important side of actually if we're encouraging more people to talk we need to support people to listen and it can be difficult to hear a friend or a family member say you know I've really been struggling like particularly if it's around that those thoughts of self-harm and suicide as hard as that is to say it's going to be really hard equally to hear those from a loved one um so it's about kind of supporting those people as well I think but also there is this idea of happiness around us isn't it like it's a huge pressure of like we have to be happy mm. and happiness is a good thing and we cannot be sad and we should be strong there's all that surrounding us and then there is I think there's something I think we touch a little bit in the show that is there's a bit of sense of fake happiness sometimes you know what I mean yeah when you get a prize or competition mm. win and there's all those things that is like make you temporary happy if we, we can call happiness and but we need to remember like what do we actually connect us as a person what does make we feel worth and what's the relation that we have around us it's, it goes beyond this idea of happiness you know what I mean yeah and it's really interesting you sort of touch on a little bit there the idea of what is happiness and what mm-hmm. does make us happy and I think particularly at the moment so much of that is around um the idea of the like aesthetically happy like I need to exactly, I yeah. need to look happy I need to have things around me that make me look successful and look happy and that pressure to be I don't know, have your own home, to be married, to have pets or children, to have a job and to be successful, whatever that looks like. Um, and I think the idea that actually, you know, you don't, like, stuff is stuff. It is about, I think, um, but you briefly mentioned that the connections with people and experiences and is that maybe really where we should or could be looking for 
our happiness and our success in those experiences rather than particular types of property or ownership over things. Yeah, that's right. Something really interesting about the assist training that we had is that so when we are talking to a person that has suicide thoughts, we try to find the turning point. And this turning point could be anything that has value to this person. Sometimes it's a job, sometimes it's a friend, a partner, a relative, a person. Like there's, mm. there's a variety of options that could be this turning point. And we try to find this turning point in, to talk to talk through to them, to try to find worth in their life. And I think it, it's it's a it's a very interesting way of trying to go through with a person, try to find this turning point. But sometimes per, the person doesn't even realize that they have that. And after a conversation, they realize, wow, oh yeah, my my cat is really important for me. Or, yeah, I love to go to my job and I, I can't let down. I, I love my brother. I, I couldn't live without. Yeah. So there's different situations. Yeah. yeah, I think it's that. I've heard before that, especially when you're you're in that situation where you are struggling and you are feeling um, particularly harmful or low, um, to just go, to sort of acknowledge those feelings, but at the same time go, there are other positive things in my life as well and equally acknowledge those. And it doesn't have to be a it doesn't have to be that there are more positive things than negative, but recognise that there definitely are some positive things. And like you say, it could be pets, it could be a job, it could be relationships and um kind of just recognising yourself that, that there are positive um, mm. aspects to your life. Yeah. Um so I know the show is coming up very soon, I think. Um, I don't know if you want to give us a couple of details about um, the show and if people want to find out more information about what's going on, where they can do that. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's that's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking, of course, I'm joking. Uh, so we, we are going very soon to Edinburgh. We are going to be performing at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe. That is happening throughout the whole August. So we are going to start our performance on the 1st of August. And we will be performing every day until the 27th of August. Apart from the 14th, we are not performing on the 14th. The performance starts 10 past 12 and it has an hour duration. Um, we are performing at Pleasance Dome, Pleasance Jack Dome, and you can you can get to know a bit more about the performance either going to our website and social media, or you can find more information going to the Pleasance website and typing the title of our show off stage. Or going to the official Edinburgh Fringe website and tapping our, the title of our show off stage. Um, 
there are variety of price and tickets for to see the show because at the festival I proposed loads of deals, two for one, cheap in some days, regular pricing pricing orders. There are a lot of ways of find out about that. There is all in the website of Pleasant or Edinburgh Fringe website. And what else could I say? Mm. <laughs> Quizzing you for all the details now. <laughs> I want to all the details. Yeah. Uh, I, the websites and the emails and stuff, I can, I'll can. i make sure that there's a link in the description as well. So if people just no. want to click on that, mm-hmm. um, and I'll try to include it in the, like the social media post just directly as well. Um, get I can also forward to you if you want the link to get it, more information and tickets. Also, if yeah, you... that'd be ace. I don't know. Um, I'm just thinking now. Um, I don't know. Is there uh, like a, a short trailer or uh, any video that we're able to share as part of that? Yeah, as well? yeah. There is the trailer in our website or the trailer in the Pleasance website. There is no trailer in the Fringe website, unfortunately, but there is our website in the Fringe website, so you could go through there. Cool. So I will have a look at trying to add that into some of the stuff as well. I think it's a nice little link, and especially for um, maybe some people that listen to the podcast in the background while they're doing other stuff, it's nice to be able to include some of the videos yeah. and stuff really yeah. nicely and easily. Also go to like our like our social media. Like I said, there is Harry Big Davidson, who is a trustee of Papyrus. He has few words about our show, so it's interesting to have a look and see a perspective from a professional to to listen and see what this person is talking about. I I I do really like that side of when there is that kind of that collaboration with um, particularly charities. Uh, that side of just kind of engaging with the community a little bit more is really nice. Um, And it just, I think, reinforces, especially when, like you say, you're talking about a topic that can be quite a difficult one to broach sometimes. And you're never going to please everyone, and there will always be someone that potentially has that negative reaction to it and I think to be as informed as possible is really important and um, by working with a couple of different charities and having the the strength of numbers that you've had with the kind of the focus groups and um, that sort of side of the research is really really good to hear and I think not just in terms of it being like positive um, but actually in terms of the the message and the the experience that people will have when they come along will be so much more enriched because of that information that's been put into the show. Yeah, um, we are. We were since the beginning really interested for the whole package of the production, not only the performance, mm. but also what goes around that. So, nearly a year ago, we did a work in progress. We show, we opened to the audience for, like, to see what, how they would receive, and also get some feedback yeah. to see how they were receiving the content of the performance. And a, a person from Papyrus were there, and we opened for discussions. Um, and at the fringe now, it's it's very it's a very busy schedule. So it's show after show. So when you no- said the first to the twenty seventh, and I was like, oh okay, okay. And then you were like, 
every day. And then, what? <laughs> <laughs> I hope uh, I'm going to still be healthy after the French. <laughs> yeah, definitely allow yourself a couple of days off. <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah, we, we find a way, yeah. So, but yeah, in, in the French, we will... We are collecting donations for papyrus after the show. We are also distributing like leaflets from papyrus after the show. We are also proposing a chat outside of the the, the venue or the, like okay. outside of the theater. It's still a venue, but there's the bar and place to sit. We are going to propose a chat with people. And so it, it's the full package that we are interested in. I think it's... Uh, Sometimes only the performance doesn't deliver doesn't deliver the, the suicide prevention aspect of it. Or if it's a performance about another subject, sometimes just the performance doesn't help the audience to reach for help after the show. It's having so, that opportunity, isn't it? Because like you say, for some people that might be enough to go away and be a kind of a thought-provoking or positive experience, but... Other people might just want that interaction with you and just say, oh, there's that part of the show that actually I'm just wondering, can you tell me a bit more about that? Or um, particularly where it's obvious that you've worked with some of the charities, like, oh, can you tell me about some of those? And it's really nice to have that side. And again, just the opportunity for people to come over and ask questions. And I think you are a lot more likely to get that sort of interest from a few people when you have a topic um, like mental health, like suicide, that really can be quite uh, discussion-provoking in people. Um, mm. And similar to the experience that you've had with your friends, actually someone comes along and says, oh, okay, this is cool, it's about stuff that I've maybe experienced before. Oh, like, there's people around afterwards that I can go and have a chat with. Like, they're going to want to do that because there is that bit of interest anyway, and that's why they're there in the first place. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So when we did our work in progress nearly a year ago, uh, we had a like, few people who just came to us like and said, oh, great, maybe I should review my my life. I'm not very happy to my job. And can I talk to someone? Can I look for help? And, and then we introduced through Papyrus. Through, so Papyrus has a helpline. And it's it's a twenty four hours helpline, so people can call and discuss with a professional. So and yeah, so the, there is this option, and the helpline is going to be attached to the leaflets that we are distributing. And also, we are we are very comfortable to deliver a conversation about that with an audience after a year and a half studying and yeah. investing ourselves on this. Yeah. You do know what my next question is going to be now, though, don't you? <laughs> What's that phone number? <laughs> it's definitely going to catch you out. <laughs> you you want the number? Yeah, the... yeah, yeah. Go for it if you if you know it. I I have it here with me. Yes, I do have it here with me. If you can hold for a second. I didn't memorize on the top of my mind, but oh. maybe I should. That's very good. Yeah, I will memorize. Thank you very much yeah. for this tip. You know there's going to be one so, awkward person like me and just go, okay, so <laughs> what, what, what is the phone number? <laughs> oh, that's great. I might even announce after the show, maybe. Maybe that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. So the helpline is 0800 
I'm going to repeat. 08 Is that clear? Yeah. That's a nice easy number to remember as well. So you've got no excuses next time. <laughs> it's very easy. Come on. <laughs> you can't say, oh, there's a great phone line. It's available all the time and then not say what it is. <laughs> oh, you are right. You are totally right. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, I've, I've also also I would recommend to people to just Google Papyrus mm. and go to their website and have a look. They have like beautiful campaigns, and they do incredible work. They are very generous, and they do yeah, it's very beautiful their work. I, I would really recommend you go to their website. I've seen a few bits on there before. We um we had someone that did, uh, they ran the London Marathon for uh, my local uh, mind, but they raised uh, like 50-50 split of money, so 50% went to the local mind and 50% went to Papyrus, and that was the first time I'd ever heard of them. Oh, really? Um, so I was like, oh, I don't know who these people are. What a strange <laughs> name. Um, so I looked online and went through, and I was like, oh, there's some really cool stuff on their site, and... Yeah, yeah, like it's it's really interesting. They they are doing a campaign in the moment about raising awareness of suicide in schools mm. for young adults, and yeah, their work are brilliant. Are brilliant. It's really uh, it's really interesting because I think we had um, I was looking at recently the um, I'm in Hampshire, so down in the south coast, and we have uh, a. A Hampshire suicide prevention policy um, that was put in place I think last year um, and its focus is on reducing the number of suicides in Hampshire and um, within this kind of research document um, it tells you that over the two years before the document was published there were uh, I think 274 suicides in Hampshire um, oh. And those were from people aged between 15 and 70. Um, and just to hear that there are people in my county that are taking their own lives at the age of 15 is so... It just blows your mind that someone at that age could feel so isolated and so alone and so um, unable to, to gain support. Um to take their own life and I think that's a really important part that we do realize that because uh, I I think I thought a lot of stuff happens when we are young and it sort of sits as potential trigger points for later in life so um, if something happens as, as an adult it then triggers off something that happened when you were younger but actually some people are struggle, struggling right now as a younger person it's not waiting 10, 20, 30 years to be set off, they're struggling with it right now. And I think that's a really important point that some people don't necessarily recognise. And I know I didn't um, for a long time. And I think young people's mental health is a really important topic in itself. And, and also, if you if you work with young people now, which is, it is a big number, mm. of course, uh, it is going to help in the future anyway. It's going to help now what's going on and also in the future, isn't it? Because they, they are the future. Yeah. And 
yeah you are you are talking you are talking about numbers and so there are death numbers of those who died to suicide but there are even a bigger number a far bigger number of people who has been affected mm-hmm. by each one of these death because there are partner ex-partner family extended family friends colleagues clients patients costum uh, there are huge number of people who get affected by each death so you can imagine how many people in the uk has has been affected by suicide it's, it's huge yeah and i know when you um start looking at numbers and things like that it increases as well doesn't it so if if you've known someone that has um taken their own life then you're more likely to take your own life as well um, yeah. according to stats and it's up to you how important you think those are um, but I think there are there are small messages in there that are worth noting and actually for me it just comes back to that idea that someone was struggling felt isolated potentially um, and has chosen to take their own life and then again potentially this is just how I have it in my mind that someone that knows that person has struggled because of their death or the way that they've died and then again isn't seeking support or doesn't have access to support and for that reason is then left in a similar situation and just um it's kind of getting society really just to understand how important this is and how many like you say how many lives it's affecting and we're never going to know the exact numbers because a lot of people won't report they won't go into services they won't say they're struggling yeah the numbers that people calculate is the registered numbers and yeah, the reported numbers it's mm. it's quite difficult to calculate yeah um i've really enjoyed sitting down and chatting and hearing about um the show it sounds really interesting and i'm definitely going to go and try and find that trailer um it's uh definitely worth i think people checking out and having a look at um some of the stuff that you've got online and trying to get along somewhere between the 1st of August and the 27th. I can't, I still can't believe we're doing it every day. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Apart from the 14th. Apart from the 13th. 14th. 14th. What, and why, why not on that day? Uh, because it's the middle of the festival and oh. we need one day off. Until oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One day off. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's been really interesting. I don't know if there's um, like a last message or some final links and stuff that you want to kind of throw in at the end of the episode. I just do ask to spread the words uh, and come to see our show in Edinburgh. And it's it's a very important subject that we are discussing there. Also, I do believe in the quality, the artistic quality of the work. And yeah, it would be great to see you there and and we could have a chat after the performance yeah, that would be lovely yeah i definitely think if if you can get along to the show and if you can't at the very least have a look at some of the stuff online and look at some of those resources look at the stuff with papyrus and the other guys that that remains worked with as well so um definitely have a look and check them out as much as possible Thank you so much. And I hope you can make today. And could you come? I'm gonna try. I'm gonna have a look at it. I'm gonna try and work out if I can match it with work and stuff. Because um, I really want to come and see it. But it's just trying to get up to Edinburgh. Um, it's so <laughs> far from where I am. 
Um, yeah, no, I understand. But I, understand. I definitely, when um, when someone talks about something slightly different like this, like the show aspect, I, it's so interesting. It's so something different to what the kind of support that I usually sort of see uh, is people talking about um, small groups and activities and stuff like that. So uh, to come and see an actual show would be awesome. Yeah, it would be really nice to see you there mm. and hear what you think about the performance. Yeah. And... Also, if you're not Edinburgh, when they, when they go close to you, hopefully we are going to tour afterwards and i let you know. Oh, yes. Definitely let me know. Definitely let me know. But um, it would be special to see you in Edinburgh, yeah. Edinburgh yeah. is going to be very special. I'm very happy. Thank you very much for this conversation. Uh, no. You made me feel very comfortable. And I can tell you, like, I, I never... It's the first time that I do a podcast conversation, actually. Oh, I've, okay. I've done okay. loads of interviews, yeah. but never a podcast... But you made me feel very comfortable. Oh, that's good. I'm really yeah. pleased. Um, it's really uh, nice. I love so that both of us really take care of it and we like it. So I think it's it's that side, isn't it, of just having actually an opportunity to sit down and chat sometimes and yeah. really reinforces, like you say, like having at the end of the show that opportunity just to come and have a chat with you guys afterwards. Um, yeah. That's what I love about the podcast. Is it's just like. Yeah, let's sit down for half an hour, 45 minutes and, and just have a chat. And OK, to some extent, we kind of know what we're going to talk about because there's a bit of a focus. But just having that time to sit down and chat openly about a, a mental health related topic is is so nice. And thank you so much for your time. It's really interesting to ha sit down and have a chat. And um, Thank you for the chat. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's really no, it's, it's fine. It's, it's really, like I said, it's really interesting to hear about something slightly different as well. Um, mm -hmm. And I'll send you over the stuff when it's ready. Lovely. Thanks so much. No worries. Have a nice evening. You too, Mike. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye. These are not real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. She's not a great match for me, and that's okay. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. Dad came upstairs, and then I heard him say, like, it's happened, and I was like, what's happened? It's difficult dealing with our minds. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. I feel like a lot of the friends that I did have have sort of stopped speaking to me because of it. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. And then she was like, okay, tell me a bit about what's going on. So I told her everything and her face dropped. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it.